The WBEN All Local. All Local. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazurowski. It is election day. The polls open this morning at 6 o'clock, but many people have already cast their ballot from early voting. We'll be covering it all for you tonight, starting at 7 here on WBEN. Here's WBEN's Brayton Wilson. Ahead of Election Day on Tuesday, the Erie County Board of Elections say they received more than 36,000 early voting ballots cast over the adjusted nine-day period. Board of Elections Commissioner Ralph Moore says a number of local issues tend to drive turnout for various parts of the county, especially when it comes to the main local race for Erie County Executive. You have very highly contested races in Tonawanda, Amherst, Chicktawaga, West Seneca, and that's where we expect to see the larger turnout. Many of the city of Buffalo races were decided during the primary, so we expect that area to be low. And many of the suburban or rural towns don't have any races at all. Either the people are crossing doors or they don't have opponents. So we would expect turnout to be a little lower there as well. So really what we are looking for is to take a look at those first ring suburban towns and see what the turnout there is. More ads if early voting is any indication, it seems there is going to be a decent turnout in places like West Seneca, Hamburg, and Amherst. While voter integrity and other matters are a concern for many come Election Day, Moore feels there are a number of safeguards in place to avoid any possible tampering of election results. We have 38 polling locations for early voting, so it's certainly very convenient for voters to go and cast their ballots. We've had nine days of early voting, and once you cast your ballot, it is registered, so you're not able to go to any other location, and you're not able to show up on Election Day and try to cast a second ballot. So we're very confident and have done a great deal of work to make sure that our system is secure and people don't get second chances at the Apple and don't have the ability to cheat the system. A reminder that polls across Erie County will reopen for the public at 6 a.m. before closing at 9 p.m. on Tuesday. Hear more from more available on our website. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, just about an hour from right now, the polls open. Big race today in western New York. It's for Erie County Executive WBEN's Tom Puckett has more on how the campaigns of Mark Polencars and Chrissy Casilio have played out. The campaign overall has really been a disgrace. Former Erie County Executive Joel Giambra on the race between Mark Polencars and Chrissy Casilio. It's been nothing but negative connotations. It's been nothing but divisiveness, um, which will continue to polarize the voters, uh, not just here in western New York, but we see that polarization taking place all around the country. Giambra says the race continues to feed the polarization in politics. Voters are feeling disenfranchised, both Democrats and Republicans, from their parties. Both parties have strayed um, you know, tremendously in opposite directions than people have been used to. He says both candidates' flaws have been exposed. Hear more about that online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Thank you, Tom. Other races throughout western New York we're watching include town supervisor and board races in Cheektowaga. In Niagara Falls, incumbent Rob Restino, the mayor facing challenges from Republican candidate Carl Kane, a retired deputy police chief, and independent Demetrius Nix, who started a construction business after serving nine years in prison for manslaughter. There are major governor races in Kentucky and Mississippi, along with scores of state and local contests. Many elections today 
have one thing in common. There are a number of candidates running for governor and local state house races across the country, but the biggest issue? Choice, man. The government should not control a woman's body. When we talk about equality, it's also access to health-related needs. Constitutional amendment in Ohio would guarantee the right for reproductive choice, contraception, and abortion. A Republican majority win in Virginia could institute a 15-week abortion ban. Andy Field, ABC News. Okay, lots to follow. Keep it right here on WBEN all throughout your election day. Former Erie County Democratic Party Chairman Steve Pidgeon has pled guilty to sexual abuse of a child. The plea coming before the case was set to go to trial, and it was at the urging of the victim and the victim's family. A 63-year-old Pidgeon admitting to the crime against a 9-year-old girl in 2016 the victim said to be known to Pigeon. Erie County District Attorney John Flynn discussing the case. The victim uh, obviously um, uh, did not want to uh, go through a lengthy trial, uh, did not want to have to publicly testify. Uh, and it wasn't just the victim here. Uh, the victim's uh, family, uh, brothers, sisters, other relatives, uh, we're going to be witnesses at the trial as well. And the family uh, just did not want to go through that. In exchange for the guilty plea, Pigeon will serve one year in prison and will have to register as a sex offender. Multiple reports say GM plans to invest $300 million into the Tonawanda engine plant. The announcement coming one week after a tentative agreement between GM and the United Auto Workers was reached to end the strike. The investment will help transition the plant from producing gasoline-powered engines and powertrains to producing electric vehicles. The Tonawanda engine plant currently building engines and powertrains for pickup trucks, the Cadillac Escalade, and the GMC Yukon. Okay, so uh, possibly some exciting news there for the local GM plant. Across the world, one month into Israel's war with Hamas, tensions are escalating in the U.S., Liz Landers has more from Washington. Police near Los Angeles say 69-year-old Paul Kessler died from his injuries at a rally Sunday, hitting his head on the ground. Witnesses say a pro-Palestinian protester struck Kessler with a megaphone before he fell. In Indiana, police say a woman drove her car into a building, believing it was a Jewish school, but the building actually belongs to a group known for anti-Israeli views. And in Arizona, a man is charged for threatening to execute a rabbi. The Justice Department claims the man wanted to kill, quote, every other Jew he could find. Liz Landers reporting from Washington. The Hollywood actor strike still going, even though studios submitted their final offer over the weekend. The AMPTP, which represents the studios, called it their last, best, and final offer. But on Monday, the actors' union, SAG-AFTRA, said, not so fast. There's still a few more things to work out. In a statement to members, SAG-AFTRA revealed there were several essential items on which they still do not have an agreement, including AI. And apparently, despite the last, best, and final language, both sides will continue talking. That's Jason Nathanson in Hollywood. And office space rental company WeWork is hoping to rework its business. They filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy. The company, once privately valued at $47 billion, announcing the move overnight after years of controversies and poor performance. Shares plummeting 98% since 2021, trading at just 83 cents yesterday. Founded in 2010, WeWork was once considered among the world's most valuable startups. In 2019, the company's IPO failed due to larger-than-expected losses. It eventually went public during the pandemic, but as remote work severely impacted 
impacted the corporate real estate landscape, the company's value plummeted. Yeah, well, that will happen. The office space company going public when everyone's working from home. Yeah. Turned out to not be a great move. I Isn't it amazing? You hear all these business stories. We just had the uh, FTX trial wrapped up last oh, week. Yeah. You have uh, this that you hear right here. You know, once worth $47 billion uh, four years ago, and now they have nothing. 83 you cents know, a share. Like, how? Uh, I'm no Warren Buffett here with my money, but how does I, th- that I think I would be able to manage avoiding that. I'd like right. to think, but <laughs> you yeah. hear about it all the time. You know, billions just gone up in smoke. Right. You know, where did right. the money go? Yikes. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Temperatures in the 50s this morning. Temperatures will drop as the day moves along, mostly cloudy. Temperatures in the 40s this afternoon. Tonight's clear to partly cloudy and chilly. Overnight lows near 30. Tomorrow morning sun gives way to cloud cover with some late day rain showers. Highs near 40. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Joining us on the line is Brian Culpa, Amherst Town Supervisor, talking about a, a number of things, notably what's happening at the Boulevard Mall. But uh, Brian, first, I, I want to just kind of ask you, it is Election Day. How are you taking today in? Well, I'm, uh, I am I have today off, so <laughs> I don't have my own election. Uh, now we, uh, you know, I've uh, reached out to all the candidates who are running here in Amherst and wish them luck. And, you know, it's, uh, it's always uh, interesting. You're going to find out who's going to be on the board next year. And, um, you know, but I, we have some really good momentum here. And uh, I think we're going to be fine with uh, how everything shake out. So. All right. Well, when it comes to the Boulevard Mall and the town's push to turn it into a town center, J.C. Penney is appealing eminent domain. How much of a surprise was that to you? I mean, we're not really surprised. It, they their their first challenge was a little frivolous. You know, they if they want to talk about staying on site or being part of the future development. The way to do that is to pick up the phone and have a conversation. Um, you know, it's uh, it, the reality here is, you know, it's it's an effort to to try to delay things while they get their own act together. Um, it's not going to create a delay. You know, for us, we've done everything here correctly. We've gone through this process correctly. Our plan is very solid and it's a valid plan. And the appellate division already, you know, found that to be the case, you know, 5-0, no dissent. So, you know, we're confident in the approach we're taking. And, you know, they're, they're the ones who, you know, really have to step up their, their game and come up with something. If you want to be a part of the solution, come up with solutions. Don't just, you know, bemoan the problem. I mean, You know, the idea of just staying in a descent pattern with the mall or or watching everything just continue to crumble and staying in your building until everything finally does crumble, you know, that's not good for Amherst. That's not good for Western New York. So we want partners who are going to look positively and say, this is how we're going to move this site forward. This is how we're going to move Amherst forward. This is how we're going to move Western New York forward. You would think it would also not be good for JCPenney itself to kind of remain in that building in the state it's in. If you could kind of go back a step and remind us, because this is a little complicated for people to understand, the eminent domain process Doug Jamal's involvement uh, and how this thing all is 
working together or uh, in plan is supposed to work together, you know, pending the results of this lawsuit? So there are four principal owners. Jamal Douglas Development owns the majority of the mall. Um, Benderson owns a couple of buildings within the complex. J.C. Penney's owns their building, but leases their land from Jamal. And then Bridgestone Firestone owns their one of their two facilities. They they have one on Sheridan, on, in that near Niagara Falls Boulevard, and one here. Um, and Jamal Benderson Bridgestone all said, "Let's move forward." Um, you know, we need to get out of some of these legacy leases. We've got problems, you know, redeveloping this site. We have problems moving this project forward. And uh, right at the end hour, J.C. Penney said, well, wait a minute, what about us? And, you know, and the, 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 the question isn't for us to answer that. It's for J.C. Penney's to answer that. Hey, you own a, um, you know, a building that's aged, tired, not performing like it should, according to your tax challenges. And you, you know, you own a site within a mall that's, that's dead or dying, and you don't even own the land underneath it. So let's do something together to move positively. And that's what Benderson and Jamal want to do. And there'll probably be some other developers who get involved. It's not going to be just them, you know, but the reality is the other groups all looked and said, Let's figure out how to move forward. The town's got a good vision. We want to be part of that vision. Um, and we're just waiting for pennies to, under, to realize that there's more substance to being part of something great in the future than there is to holding on to something that's, you know, that in their own minds, every time that anybody's filed a tax challenge is depreciated. So, you know, step forward. Let's step forward together, not look backwards. So, um, you know, it's what it is. Uh, the appeals process is the appeals process. We're, I'm confident um, in in the work that this town has done to put together a plan. So. Brian, we also want to ask you about Westwood Country Club, the former Westwood Country Club, which will become Amherst Central Park. Are plans there moving forward? Yep. Yeah. So we are in engineering um, right now for um, for next year's uh next year's start of construction. So, you know, around the end of the first quarter in April, you know, May, somewhere around that time when, when, the, when we're ready to start construction in Western New York, um, maybe earlier, if we get lucky with snow and frost, uh, we'll be moving forward with uh, construction of the park and, and musical fair and um, and some of the park amenities that we, you know, already have some funding for. It's going to take a while. It's a big, big site. The Really, we're focusing on the first 50 acres, the bottom 50 acres, if you will, the southern 50 acres near Sheridan. Um, and then the northern portions of that are really going to stay uh, preserved space. Um, we, there's, there's some wetlands and some wildlife there. And um, aside from rehabbing the cart paths for walking paths, maybe, um, those that area will really stay uh, natural and naturalized. So uh, it's going to be a wonderful blend of having some cultural elements on the south and having some natural spaces um, in the north. And it's 170 acres of um, park space that, you know, unlike anything this community has currently. It's a project that's been talked about for a long time. Um, do you feel now that all the major hurdles are, are, you know, over with this and it's kind of you have 
it, at least on paper, the uh, the track of where the project's supposed to go next? Uh, we own it. We've received funding from a number of lo- a number of places already, um, and so you know we've got uh, all the wind in our sails, so to speak. Uh, it's it's um, specifically we're finishing out the the seeker and um, and jumping through the last uh, kind of site approval stuff, but the projects are all well underway. Brian, thank you for the update. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning, produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.